We're finishing 2021 strong. I mean, I just want to say this. I know we probably don't have a lot of guests here today. It's Christmas. The whole COVID thing is just going bananas. The fear-mongering is just incredible. Unbelievable. You've got to be wise. You've got to be sensible. But you don't live in fear. Just absolutely not. Refuse it. And some people don't understand the difference between fear and wisdom. There's a huge difference. But we're ending 2021 strong. And I just really want to sort of say to the church this morning, do you realize how strong we are? Do you realize how strong we're ending this year? Absolutely phenomenal. As a church, I want to speak to the church. We're a family. Sometimes you have a family chat. Today I'm not speaking on this. I've actually got a message to say, but this is in the first bit of my, what I want to say, the context of it today, is that we're an incredibly strong family. We're an incredibly strong body. We're an incredibly anointed temple filled with the glory of God. I mean, seriously, the desire for God in this place is, is just phenomenal. And I want to honor you guys in that for keeping hot, for keeping in faith when a lot of people have lost their faith. A lot of people have lost their faith. Which sort of shows me where their faith was in the first place. Because you only know where faith is when the pressure's on. Anybody can say, I believe I'm healed when there's healing and when there's no sickness, but it's when the pain is there. And when the attack's on, there's somebody sitting in this church right now who, who they don't know how much of an inspiration they've been just in the last few weeks when they've had an issue with their leg and I've only spoken to them a couple of times about it, but they just said, ah, it's all good. And it's like, come on. When the pressure's on, faith comes out. When the world's screaming death, your spirit is going, I shall not die but live and declare what the Lord has done. When there's economic hardship all over the place, you say, no, whatever a man sows, he reaps. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep believing God. And, and I'm coming out of this in a better place than the way I've got into it. See, there's a strength on the inside. We're ending 2021 in a better place than the way we started it. And we started it well. You better believe it. We started it well. When we've met as, as a strategic team in the church and trustees as well and different things, we don't sit there talking about problems. We don't sit there talking about how bad everything is. And what do we do? The place is falling apart. We sit there and say, this is incredible. Look what God is doing. Look what the hand of God is doing in the place. Listen to the testimonies and the. See, a testimony is not just God opened the Red Sea. A testimony is in the middle of the problem, they stayed strong. You read Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 has got some incredible stuff about how they broke through, but they've got some amazing stuff in there about how they stood. So well done for standing. Well done for standing. I think God wants to encourage you this morning and say you've stood and God has stood with you. And I know with, with Manoah, you know you've got a Noah on the inside of you. I've got a Noah. I know Ben's called his kid Noah and one of his boys, uh, his boy Noah. But you've got a Noah on the inside of you. I heard Larry Lee preach 30 years ago. I know in my Noah 
And I know in my Noah that God has declared over our lives this year, you are blessed and highly favoured. Blessed and highly favoured. And as we go into the series that I'm going to be starting in a couple of weeks' time on Abraham, Abraham is the father of our faith. And how are we going to win next year? By faith. How are we going to come through without the smell of smoke? By faith. How are we going to enlarge and not restrict and, re and retreat? By faith. How are we going to take ground when everybody else is just trying to hang on to what they got? By faith. So we're ending well. We're ending strong, alive, alert. Our eyes are open in faith. Rejoicing and on fire. That's what I wrote in my notes. There's a fire burning in Citygate Church. There is a faith that is alive. There is a love which is like glue. You know the Tower of Babel where they tried to build a man-made thing to get to God and that's what man always does. But it says they had stone for brick. They had the bricks that they made and they had sticky glue which kept it all together. And because of the strength of the bricks and because of the stickiness of the glue, God had to move and say, now he had to stop what was going on. But he said, because of the strength of the bricks and because of the stickiness of the glue, nothing's impossible for this group of people. And I want to encourage you that nothing is impossible for this place. Nothing, absolutely nothing. No matter what goes on in the world, there's nothing impossible in the kingdom. No matter what comes over the news media, nothing is impossible in the kingdom. So I know who I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. But what's the best way to leave 2021? I think the best way to leave anything is thankful. Is thankful. Thankful. Not critical, not upset, not in regret or in shame, but thankful. Let's be thankful people. Spend time saying, thank you God. Thank you God for this year. Now, don't get all deep with me about, oh, don't thank God for everything, thank God in everything. You can get so, so screwed up with that stuff. I mean, I agree it says, in all things give thanks. But some people have got such an attitude about stuff, they don't even want to bring it to God. Thank you, Lord, for this year. Put a blanket thankfulness over the whole lot. Amen? Because you'll end the year well. You'll end the year well. I saw just the end of, of something about an appeal where somebody had been in, in um, a prison for, for um, he'd shot somebody for 30 years. And it was just one of these things how they, you know, just forensic-y type stuff and how they found things and the da-da-da. Anyway, he was, he was being resentenced after being in prison for 30 years for shooting somebody. He was 17 when he shot them and he's 47 then. 17, 27, 37, 40, yeah, that's right, 30 years. Just checking. It's been a long, long week. And um, very sadly, the mum of the victim of 30 years ago was sitting there in an absolute mess. And she had said, and she said this, I've been like this for 30 years. And that is just so tragic. It's tragic, tragic, tragic what happened. But it's a double whammy to then spend 30 years in such turmoil when the peace of God is there to set captives free. The peace of God. Now that's an extreme situation that I've got no, I'm not critical of judgment of. I just think it's incredibly sad. But don't end this year and go into the next year hanging on to anything. Just let it all go. Just let it go. So you had to change jobs. Let it go. So you had an issue with your kids. Let it go. 
So you had a situation that you weren't expecting and it was a, just the worst thing and it's been the worst year. Just let it go. Let the thankfulness of your heart come out of your mouth. And let God know. Don't just say, well, he knows I'm thankful. No, tell him you're thankful. I'd be really fed up if I gave a present to somebody on Christmas Day and they said, well, you know, they didn't say anything. Well, he knows I'm thankful. That's not the... <laughs> Flipping egg. Sharon? No, that was... That's all. <laughs> same old, same old. It's not about knowing, it's about saying and demonstrating, amen. So we're going to end thankful, but as we go into 2022... I'm going to declare it out. It can be our greatest year yet. Hello. Oh, Pastor Jay, you're just not facing facts. No, I'm changing facts. Changing them. Whoever said live by the facts anyway? The Bible says walk in the truth. And the truth will change the facts. We're entering 22 with vision. With expectation. We will be filling out all our little vision dream cards. And I want you to not just do that when you get the card. How oh, quickly, what shall I put down? Oh, a good year. Oh, come on. That's not a dream, that's an afterthought. Spend the next two weeks getting something you're going to write on that because that is what's going to come to pass for you next year. So you better get it right. You better put some faith into that gold pen on the black thing if that's what we're doing. Seriously, those are not just gimmicks. The Bible says, write your vision. Make it clear on tablets. Well, we got little beer mats. I don't care. Let's sanctify everything. Amen. <laughs> write your vision down. Get your expectation high because we are blessed and highly favored in every way. And as we go into 2022, I want to say devils back off. Devils back off. I want to say COVID, back off. Now, I'm very aware that our prayer is not going to change a pandemic, but it can change your part in the pandemic. Hello? It can change your, your situation in the middle of it. See, the prayers didn't always stop the famine, but the prayers always prospered the believers in the famine. Come on. And everybody's running down to Egypt. God said to Isaac, stay in the land. You see, you've got to do what God says. Stay in the land. Boom. And he became the envy of the generation. Why? Because he did the will of God. Devils back off. COVID back off. I want to declare suicide and depression. Back off. Now, Pastor Jay, do you know just how bad the mental health situation is right now? Yeah, but I also know the answer. I also know the answer. And the answer is, this is not just being trite with it. It's not just being just superficial with it. The answer is this. Having your mind stayed on the Lord. Stayed on God. If you see him as your healer, sickness is not going to be a problem. If you see him as your provider, then insufficiency is not going to be a problem. If you see him as your peace, then all the chaos and confusion in the world is not going to be a problem for you. If you see him as the God of love, then fear is never going to be a problem for you. I didn't say it's not going to come knocking on the door. But if you have your mind stayed on God, then we know whom our help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Devils back off. Depression back off. Lack and insufficiency back off. Struggling and hardship in business. Back off. Back off. Take your hands off. Because it is time for the glorious, victorious, soul-winning church of Jesus Christ 
to arise and have dominion in a generation. We may be in the minority physically, but we are in authority spiritually. So how you start something is absolutely vital. And today I want to speak on first fruits. Because first fruits is fundamental to our harvest. And that harvest is what you're putting on the wall up there. It could be the salvation of a family member. That's harvest. It could be a new business just about to take off and then COVID hit and you've been trying to keep it together. Come on, harvest is the success of that thing. But it's important to write the dream down because your harvest is sure. Your harvest is sure. So it's really, really important how we enter into 2022. We cannot do this casually. We've got to do it on purpose, on fire, in faith, stirred up. Don't just wander into 22. Oh, we're here now. What's this year going to be like? Uh, come on, you ain't going to make it through the year. You need a word from God. You need a dream. You need a goal. You need something that God has promised you. That no matter what happens, you're hanging on to that. You're focusing on it. You're declaring it. You're prophesying it. Every time there's a shout of faith, it's, it's that thing is on your mind and you're going, come on, the walls are coming down with that. It's harvest time. Harvest time. Could be a financial harvest. Could be a health harvest. Whatever it is. How do you reap a harvest? By sowing. Sowing your words. Sowing your, your life. Sowing your faith. Now's not the time to hold back with faith. Now's the time to be, wrong, to be more radical with faith. Because faith is the only thing that's going to bust through this mess. It's the only thing. Can't just sit around saying, well, God's going to do something. No, God works with people. And people work with God. See, sometimes God does something and we respond. And other times we do something and God responds. Either way, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. There are partnerships on so many levels. There's partnerships in a family. There's partnerships in a church. There's partnerships between God and man. Different partnerships. Partnerships in business. Make sure you are not unequally yoked. Make sure. People always just, just throw that at marriage. Don't be unequally yoked. And there they are. In a partnership with something they shouldn't be in partnership with. In something else. But the good news is, is we're in partnership with God. That's an incredible partnership. Abraham found out how amazing that was. We'll find that out next year. Why was Abraham successful? Why is he the, why is he the father of our faith? It's because he was the partner of God. The Bible says it like this. He was the friend of God. Literally means partner. Not just they hung out together. They were partners. God said, I'm not going to do something without telling Abram. We work together in this. We work together. See, there's got to be a faith release. There's got to be something as we go into 2022, a faith release that is, that is almost tangible. I'm stepping into this. That king who only tapped the ground three times. He tapped through obedience, but not by faith. And Elisha said, oh, because you've done that, mate, that's it. Come on, you should have started to hit and dug a hole in the ground you were hitting so hard. Not giving up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Not just tap, tap, tap. Done that. Now what? 
prayed on Monday, now that, now what? No, come on, let's, let's release faith as we go into 2022. See, God said the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And that's talking about the latter temple. The latter temple should be greater than the former. In this place, I'm going to give shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, which we understand as peace, is translated more in the Bible as prosperity. That's how it's translated. The shalom of God means wholeness in every area. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Everybody agrees. That's the translation. That's absolutely right. It's the word shalom. And people say, oh, you know, Pastor Jay, we're in the United Kingdom. You mustn't talk about prosperity. Well, pa. God's here and he's talking about it. So the Bible's true everywhere except the United Kingdom because of our United Kingdom culture. Is that what it is? So you can talk about it everywhere except the UK because you know what? You might upset somebody. You can be so conscious of upsetting somebody that you never live in the plans that God has for your life. This world right now is full of people who get offended at everything. You can call me whatever you want. I don't care. Seriously. You can call. I don't know if I'm going to be offended. Perhaps I shouldn't go there. I don't know. You can call me anything you want to call me. I don't care. Because I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am. We've now got a culture where they want to cancel everything. It's pathetic. People who don't know how to overcome. They suck in everything like a sponge. Get offended at everything. But not the body of Christ. They hurled abuse at Jesus and he just was like a sheep before a shearer, was dumb. Didn't say a word. Didn't come back, didn't self-justify. Just said, you know what? I know who I am. I know who I am. See, January, we're going to be praying and fasting. It's going to be so important to, to start the right way. As we gather here to pray, you need to put it in your diary as an event you need to be at. 7.30 on a Monday night. It's going to be world changing. You see, as we start a year, I know God said this to me many years ago and I've said it every year since. When God is in his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. When God's in his rightful place, everything else falls into place. When God's in his rightful place. Now, God is on the throne. That's never going to change. But when God is in his rightful place in my life, everything else is going to fall into place. And for God to be in his rightful place is a number of things, and I'll be here all year talking about how to put, you know, it's, that involves our praise and worship. That involves our prayer. That involves our attitudes. That involves our focus. That involves our time. That involves our church. That involves our family. It involves so many things for God to be in his rightful place. It's not just saying, oh, Jesus is my Lord. No, is he in his rightful place in all these areas? Seek first the kingdom of God. And we know the scriptures. But it's also vitally important for God to be in his rightful place in our lives financially. Very important, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And there's a Bible word 
that is the word honor. As we honor God first, God says, those who honor me, I will honor. What a wonderful promise. This word honor is something so powerful. We know we're blessed. We know we're highly favored. And we know that, you know, when God says, I will bless you, or actually for us, I have blessed you, that means he's knelt down and said, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Jesus said it everywhere, everywhere he went. What do you want me to do for you? Now, because we know the love of God, that doesn't mean to say we are transformed into selfish people, that God's just a slot machine, God's just going to do a load of stuff for me. No, I just want to bless God. I want to say to God, God, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? Here I am, send me. What do you want me to do for you? And God's saying, yeah, but what do you want me to do for you? And I'm saying, well, what do you want me to do for you? And we both, and it's awesome, what a great partnership. I'm doing stuff for God that he can't do on earth. He's doing stuff for me that I can't do in the spirit. Wonderful. What a great partnership. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? I'm your man. What do you want us to do for you, Lord? We're your church. Citygate is your church. Your eyes are running to and fro trying to find people to whom you can show yourself strong. Here we are. But this word honor is vitally important. There's a first principle in the Bible. A first principle. A first principle. And that first principle means this, first in time and first in priority. It's something you do first and it's the most important thing that you do. That's really important to understand that. It's the first thing you do in time and it's the most important thing that you do. That's what the first principle in the Bible is all about. And that has to do with honor. You see, honor is putting something first. And the word honor is something that I, I'm, I'm a crusader for the word honor. I heard Kevin um, Gerald preach on this years ago. And it, and it just absolutely, and I had understood honor for many years, but, but he just preached it in such a way, honor up, honor down, honor all around. Everything's better with honor. And it's like, wow. A marriage is better with honor. A family's better with honor. Small groups better with honor. The church is better with honor. Society's better with honor. Everything's better with honor. But let's just bring it down to honoring God here today, shall we? Because there's, there's so much I could say on, on honor. But the Bible talks about this first uh, principle, honoring. So many firsts in the Bible. The Bible says, you know, people left their first love. And that they should return and do the first works. First is a principle in the Bible. We know the, the passage I've already quoted. It's seek, help me, seek first the kingdom of God. When a strong man, another first, when a strong man enters your house, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to first bind the strong man. Don't panic first. Don't do something else. First, you go against the strong man. First thing you do. Devil, back off. First thing you do. Not afterthought. First thought. Everybody say first thought. Okay. What else is first? If somebody's got a speck in their eye, what are you supposed to do? Leave them with the speck in their eye? Say, well, it's up to God to move it? Is that what you say? No. First. Take the log out your own eye. Then you'll see clearly. See, the Bible doesn't say don't remove other people's specks. It says just make sure that your eyes are clear first. First is the important thing there. What else we have? You see, all the religions of the world want to clean the outside of a person. 
But what did Jesus say? First, clean the inside and the outside will clean itself. The Bible says when you bring an offering to God. Now, we don't bring offerings anymore in Citygate Church. We, it's, it's, it's all online. But please make sure you still use the same principles. Okay, before you press the button, before you send the text transfer, before you do the standing order, well, the standing order does itself. But make sure before the it goes, if you got something against somebody, first be reconciled to your brother, your sister, first. Because otherwise, the church bank account or the, or the bank account you've given to will receive anything you transfer. But God didn't get a whiff of it. Why? Because it's not about just what happens physically, it's what's happening spiritually. First be reconciled to your brother, then give your gift. You see, if things aren't straight when you give your gift, all you've done is given a gift. But if things are right and straight and faith and whatever else, when you give the gift, you can get a harvest. And harvest is vital. Harvest is so important. The Bible says whoever gives to the kingdom of God is going to reap a hundredfold. And it says houses and families. And if you've had to give relationships up for the sake of the kingdom, or if you've had to move house for the sake of the kingdom, the Bible is really clear. It says, um, it says, if you've given up houses and, and your family and relationships and wife actually is in there. <laughs> says, you reap a hundredfold relationships, houses. Doesn't say wives. You're not getting a hundred wives back. <laughs> Just saying. It's the only thing that's not listed there as a harvest. Because you don't give one and get a hundred of them. Thank God for that. Amen. One is beautiful. But this first thing is really important. It says, on the first day of the week, bring an offering to God. 1 Corinthians 16. You see, first fruit in the Bible was a feast, was a festival. And it was something that happened at the beginning of the harvest in order to secure all of the harvest. See, people get confused between tithes and first fruits. Your tithes and your first fruit are two totally different things in the Bible. The tithe is at the end of the harvest. How can you give 10% when you don't know how much you've reaped? Simple. But first fruit is the first crop that from the first field, the first crop that comes out the ground, you grab it and you give it to God, then you know everything else is going to grow. You with me? The Bible says if the first fruit is holy, Romans eleven sixteen. if the first fruit is holy, the whole lot is holy. If the first thing is given to God, everything else is going to have the hand of God upon it. I want 2022 have the hand of God upon it all the way through. Can I hear an amen this morning? Even the outpouring on the day of Pentecost was a few days after the first fruit offering. And I know scripturally it was God's response to a first fruit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost was God's response to the first fruit heart of the body of Christ. So there's various ways that we give. We give tithes. Well, we don't give a tithe. We return a tithe which is 10% of our finances. We, we give an offering to God, which is seed sown towards vision or towards poverty or towards expansion or towards whatever it is. It's an offering. It can be a thank offering. It can be a praise offering. It can be a prayer and praise thing gone together to put your faith into something. I'm giving an offering. It's sowing seed. I'm putting out. If I'm believing God for a new car, I'll give me old one. If I'm believing God for a new house, I'll do something. I can't just always give away houses but you understand the principle. You sow seed towards your harvest. That's how you live the Christian life. But the first fruit is something very, very special. Our first fruit offering will position you for breakthrough. 
Abel and Cain, great examples. I know it all went absolutely pear-shaped. Abel gave a first fruit. Can I call it this, a first thought? First thought. Abel in the Bible, he gave it the first of the lamb. You see, people say, oh, God accepted it because it was an animal. It was nothing to do with the fact it was an animal. It was just the fact that it was his first thought. And Cain gave as an afterthought. Abel gave the first. Then Cain, the Bible says, at the end of the harvest, he scraped around to see what was left. And gave something to God at the end. God didn't receive that. It wasn't because it was wheat. It was because it was an afterthought. Come on, we're going into 2022. And we want God in his rightful place. As our first thought in Jesus' name. So many things the Bible says about the power of offerings. There There was Solomon. Gave a thousand offerings. Personally, God turned up. There is such a power in offerings. Such a power. Hezekiah's heap offerings brought a restoration of the temple and of the kingdom of God at that time. The Bible clearly says if you want the true riches of God, which if you do a study on true riches, it's not glowing money. It's the presence of God is true riches. The Bible says... How we handle our finances determines the presence of God in our lives. I absolutely know and have experienced this many, many times. If I'm believing God for an increase, and it's not just an increase of anointing, I want more power. But you know when you're stepping into something new in God, I will always, always be accompanying that with offerings. Always. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. I think of Cornelius. His prayer and his giving came up as a memorial statue before God. And God moved to get the Gentiles saved because somebody prayed and gave. Incredible power in offerings. Incredible power. If I need a breakthrough in my life, I'll give an offering. If I need a, uh, you know, God to break through in healing in a powerful way, whether it's in my life or somebody else's, I'll give an offering. It's not that you're buying a miracle. It's you're releasing seed. You're putting your faith into something to reap the harvest that God has for you. Exodus 35, and they just come out of Egypt and... They had the offering for the tabernacle and the whole thing to just explode into into the people of God being a nation again. And all these people with their abilities, excuse me, their abilities and their skills, artisans and weavers and goldsmiths and whatever else, they did this most amazing stuff. They built the tabernacle and then that all went into the temple. We know the, the sort of history of it. But it says they... They gave and they kept giving and giving. And in the end, I have never seen this in 30 years of ministry. Um, They stood up and said, stop the offering. (laughs) Stop it. Stop giving. Stop that man. Get the bucket back off him. Stop giving. Because the people have given too much. There was such an explosion of expectation and faith. That the Bible says people had to be restrained from giving. I hate, don't you hate that, that thing where churches and you feel manipulated into giving? Don't you hate it? I absolutely hate it. It makes me vomit. I hate it. Manipulation is, is control and nasty and we're seeing it in the world in everything right now. And I refuse to have it in the body of Christ. Free will, free choice is the sovereign gift of God when God created man. First fruit has to do with free will, not with manipulation. Has to do with how we want to honor God. Proverbs 3 verse 9 as we start to close. Honor the Lord with your possessions. 
and with the first fruits of all your increase. People read that as a tithing verse. It's not a tithing verse, it's a first fruits verse. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first of all your increase. When you get a new job, great time to do a first fruit offering. When you start a year, that's the time for us. We don't have a harvest in August. We have a, a salary every month. So that's why we do ours at the beginning of February. From the first harvest, as it were, of our year, we honor God. And it's a time that sets us up for the year. Honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase. And as a result, your barns will be filled with plenty in 2022. Come on. And your vats will overflow with new wine in 2022. <laughs> oh, wow. Honor wants to give for no other reason than it wants to honor. There are so many firsts in the Bible, so many great examples of honoring God first. The one that I just believe is, is just absolutely awesome. We won't turn there and read the Bible about it, read the scriptures, but I'd encourage you to. It's when Elijah was led by the Holy Spirit out to the brook and the brook dried up. And then God said, arise and go to Zarephath because I've commanded a woman. God has commanded into your next year. God has commanded into your next year. He's commanded people that you never dreamed would be your breakthrough, would be your answer, would be your point of favor, would be your point of increase. This widow woman? Seriously? Widow woman? Get a grip, Lord. What's she ever going to do for me? I've commanded a woman to provide for you there. God had commanded the woman for her sake and for Elijah's sake. Both of them. For her sake, she was prospered and abundant all the way through the three years of drought. Wow! Amazing. And for Elijah's sake, that he could do everything he needed to do without thinking about food or drink. He was being prospered by the most successful businesswoman of the generation. Just like Jesus, actually. He was being, his needs were being met by the wives of people in Herod's household. Come on, Luke 8, 2. Amazing. Jesus didn't have to go around wondering how he was going to eat. Oh, foxes have nests of holes and but birds have nests, and well, but the Son of Man has no way to lay his head. You see, Jesus was homeless. Homeless, said nothing. They gambled for his designer clothes, guys. Hello? When I get rid of my clothes, they go down to the charity shop. No one's gambling for mine. You need to read some of those passages in context. Jesus went into a city and was kicked out late that night. And somebody said, I want to stay with you. And he said, I'm on the road tonight. That's the context of the verse, guys. It's not a lifestyle of homelessness. Deary me, we've got to read the Bible like it's written. But this thing with Elijah and the widow. He came to the widow and she had nothing. Everybody say nothing. Right? Nothing. She had nothing. She had a little bit to make a cake. And she said, we're going to bake this cake. Then we're just going to die. We're just going to die. I don't know. Perhaps you're going into a year where you don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you this. You're not going into a year thinking, am I still going to be alive on, on the 2nd of January? just going to eat this and die and Elijah said fine he said I want you to make the cake but first give some to me 
Now, we know Elijah, man after God's heart. I know that's of David, but on fire for God, whatever. He was not being selfish. He was not being manipulative. He was not being abusive. He was not being selfish in any way. He was bringing a breakthrough. He was bringing a miracle into place. And he said, first give some to me. Because the bin of flour will not be used up. The jar of oil will never run dry. If God's in his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. And she did it. Good on her. Who's the hero of that story? She is. She is. She did it. The, those two copper coins, the widow might. See, first fruits is not about how much. It's about how honoured. It's about how honoured. For some people, honouring God's going to be going to be fifty quid. For some people, honouring God's going to be five thousand pounds. For some people, honouring God's going to be five pounds. It's what it comes from your heart to honour God. It was a cake of raisins, guys. It's all it was, and yet it caused three years of abundance. We are entering in to 2022 strong, in faith, on fire, stirred up, anointed, growing, blessed and highly favoured, blessed and highly favoured. Come on, get your catchers out and get, every time I say, you've got to grab that thing. Blessed and highly favoured in Jesus' name. Blessed and highly favoured. In your family, in your business, in your body, in your mind, in your finances, in your kids' lives, in your prosperity, in your peace, in your joy, in your spirit of faith. Blessed and highly favoured. Blessed and highly favoured. Everything you put your hand to is going to prosper. But don't you know there's a, there's a famine on? Don't you know there's a pandemic on? Don't you know that you're blessed and highly favoured? Devils back off. I refuse to believe the fear anymore. Not happening. Not happening. For some people here, this is a very real challenge and I will bring this up. You are facing, do I have a vaccination or do I lose my job? You've got to go with the conviction of your heart. You've got to. Whatever your conviction is, is not my business. It's your conviction. There's people across this room who have been vaccinated and other people refuse. Fine either way. Don't bother me two hoots. Because it's your conviction before God. Are you with me? And I'm getting stronger and stronger convictions in that whole deal. But what is important is that you make decisions by faith. Be wise, research, do whatever it is that you want to do. Know the decision you're making. You understand me? But never, never, never make a decision on the fear that God will not show up. Amen? Never. I know for a very, very good pastor friend of mine, Steve Kelly, said this to all of his, all of the pastors linked up with him. He said, well, if I'm going to have to have a jab, I'm going to use my faith. But it doesn't do anything it shouldn't be doing. And if I don't have a jab, I'm going to use my faith. That, I don't, that, that COVID's not going to kill me or whatever. That ain't happening, guys. But. Either way, use your faith. Whatever you're going to do. But come on, let's put God first. And let's believe God that He's going to show Himself strong in the most amazing ways in 2022. Let's stand to our feet today. That's not my normal sort of first fruits preach. It's normally more victorious and shouty. But I just think we, we've got to get our minds to grip in some of this stuff for this year. 
because this is very real what some people are facing perhaps you need to move home and you're saying the housing prices have just gone absolutely crazy put it on the wall honour God and you see what God's going to do Amen you see what God's going to do Perhaps you started a business and it went straight into COVID and you think, dear God, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs and we got a bounce back loan and now I can't work. Dear God, come on, put it on the wall. Honour God. When God's in His rightful place, everything else is going to fall into place. Perhaps some people here, you're coming to the end of your contract and you're thinking, Have a, is there a job for me? There's a kingdom for you. There's a a commanded widow woman somewhere for you who will show up at the right time. But you've got to leave the brook. God's word to us two years ago, when the brook dries up, get up and move. Two months later, COVID hit. That was the word of God for us. And He absolutely prepared us and we've sailed through it. Amazing. As a church, But this is about individuals honouring God first. Come on, let's open our hearts to God, shall we? Lift our hands, do whatever you want to do. Lord, your word is clear. Honour the Lord with our possessions, the first fruits of all of our increase. Lord, as we start 2022, we declare barns filled and vats overflowing as we honour you first. We can't just believe that and not honour you. So, Father, we pray over this next month to six weeks, Lord God, that we will know on the inside how we're to rightly honour you. In faith, in expectation, and we believe you, Lord God, to speak to us like you spoke to Elijah, like you spoke to Cornelius, like you spoke to Hezekiah, like you spoke to Solomon, like you spoke to Elijah, Elisha, like you spoke to David, like you spoke to Abram. Our ears are open, God, to be led by your Spirit. We thank you for a year of victory, blessed and highly favoured in every area of life, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise here today.